Welcome to the Cornerstone Corner, our weekly message podcast. At Cornerstone, we are enthusiastic about all ages, having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open the Bible and hear God's word for us today. That is, but uh, to start the message, he wants to show you guys a video, so check this out. But in today's video, I'm going to show you the trick how to get this cord out. And it's very simple. All you need to do is get this thing under here and just get it inside like this. And there you go. The cord is out. Okay. Well, good morning. My name is Matt Porn. I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone, and I did a handstand and lost my microphone. So, um, uh, glad you're here this morning. Uh, hey, so why show you that? Right? Uh, have any, has anybody seen that video before? A couple of you. Uh, kind of incredible. Um, and so, uh, before I get into kind of talking about why I showed that, though, have you ever been there? Like, you're like, how in the world did the cord get like this, right? And and uh, you're kind of like me, probably. You did the hard thing first. Right, you probably lifted the. I would have lifted the desk, right, um, and probably dropped something on your foot. Those kind of things. And duh, didn't you just know that you just looped the thing and and it comes out? I'm surprised you guys didn't know that. I didn't know that either, actually. All right. Uh, and so why show you that? Um, well, uh, it was kind of a, a cool little trick, wasn't it? That was kind of a cool little trick. Now, I will have to be honest with you. I didn't try it, but somebody here at church this morning said they tried it, and it might have been a camera trick. I don't know. Um, but, but it was kind of a cool little trick to kind of get the cord unstuck. And I used that this morning because we are beginning a new message series today called Unstuck. All right, that's why I did that. We're called Unstuck, Experiencing Wisdom's Breakthrough, in which we are going to be take, taking the next four weeks, and we're going to be journeying through the book of Philippians in the Bible, um, and seeking to take something out of each of the four chapters each week to help us, like the cord, maybe get unstuck, um, or maybe stay unstuck, uh, to experience wisdom's breakthrough in our lives, that it would come that easy. Like that was just real simple, turn the thing around. It would come, like breakthrough would come that easy in our lives. I have to fix this thing. Sorry, this thing's going to keep pulling on me. Maybe I should stop doing acrobatics in church. All right. All right. I think we're good now. All right. Um, and so the idea is like, uh, I mean, wouldn't it be great if like, if there was like a trick for that in our lives to, to get unstuck or to stay unstuck like that? We don't have to do the hard thing. Uh, and so I think there's some wisdom in the book of Philippians to help us do that, right? And so if you don't know, the book of Philippians is written by the Apostle Paul uh, to the Christian church in Philippi. Uh, it's actually one of uh, the first Jesus communities that Paul started in Eastern Europe. And uh, this letter uh, is one of, one of Paul's letters that he wrote while he was in prison. So I think it's important for us to keep that in context as we go through this over the next few weeks. And the design of this letter is not for Paul to express like one major theme, because sometimes when Paul writes, he was kind of thinking, I got to address this one thing with you. All right. Um, but it's actually more for Paul to address a series of ideas throughout this letter, uh, taking up keywords or ideas to show how living as a follower of Jesus means seeing our story, your story, my story, as, uh, as uh, part of a, a lived expression of Jesus's story, right? Uh, experiencing wisdom's breakthrough by living Jesus's story, right? We're literally part of his story, history, right? In Jesus. 
Now, there's way more to this book in the book of Philippians than we're going to be able to cover in this series. Predominantly, and I won't be covering this in the series, but a famous poem in chapter 2, bringing some uh, context from the Old Testament. Um, but what I want to do over the next four weeks is take four of Paul's keywords and ideas and cover them throughout this series, all right? Which I think we'll find very, very valuable, all right? Now, to that end, I want to get to our first idea in this series uh, uh, to that I think that we get from Paul. Um, and to do that, let me intro uh, where we're heading for today in this series by telling you about uh, when my wife and I moved into our house. This is our house. You can bring out a picture. Uh, it looks a little bit different. We've been doing some work on it. But, um, and, it and I want to talk about a project that I did uh, in the house uh, right, probably when, right after we moved in. Um, we've now lived in this house for about five years. Um, and, but when we first moved in, there was this pole in the front yard. It was like a flagpole. It was zero in. You kind of see it there, right? And so it, there was the, the short pole, and then the other pole went on, and those kind of things. And so we decided, uh, you know, this darn thing is hard to mow around. Uh, we're not kind of flagpole people because um, I don't want to wake up at 5 a.m. and put a flag out then pull. Those kind of things. So we're just not this kind of people. So we're like, okay, we're just going to take this thing out. And I thought, okay, in my head I was thinking, but this won't be that bad. Sure, it's going to take some effort, but I'm going to dig this thing out, those kind of things. And I will tell you, I was digging and digging and digging and digging. I mean, I thought, this got to be going to, so I started yanking on this thing, nothing. I mean, I know I'm weak, but I didn't know I was that weak, right? This thing was like not budging. Um, and so I think I was like, oh, maybe two and a half, maybe three feet deep, and there was still concrete. It was still going down. Now, it would have been really helpful if the uh, previous homeowner wouldn't have actually put that much concrete, and I don't think it needs that much, those kind of things. But finally, I think I got maybe a little more than three feet uh, in, and then finally, this thing broke loose, was able to kind of get out of the hole. All right. Now I bring this all up, right? It, because what we're going to do to kick off the series, we're going to take a look at Paul's words in Philippians chapter one, where he talks about the value of digging deep in the dirt. Kind of like I had to with the pole. I had to like dig really deep, right? There was a lot of cement to walk through. Okay. So I had to dig deep. And so that's why I bring that up and kind of enter that way. Because Paul's verse, he shares these three verses in chapter one about digging deep to get more unstuck like the pole, live in breakthrough. And I think all of us would like to live more in breakthrough, right? Raise your hand if you want more breakthrough in your life. Okay, yeah, right? I think we all do, right? And so there's these three verses that he, that he talks about digging deep in, in uh, to, to how to do that. And so our title this morning is Unstuck, Digging Deep in the Dirt. And I thought as an illustration today, I have dirt with me today. So like it's real dirt, like it's like real dirt. Okay, um, so we'll get to that in a little bit. All right. So it's kind of a visual, and, and I'll, uh, you'll see where I'm going in just a little bit. But let me let, uh, take you to Philippians chapter 1. Uh, we're going to dissect verses 9 through 11, where Paul says this. He says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Very simple, three verses, we're going to read it again. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise 
of God. And so kind of short three verses there, but honestly sort of packs up a punch, honestly. Uh, there are a few key words and phrases in here, targeted suggestions from Paul in just three verses that truly are meant to shape our understanding of the value of really and regularly digging in, gaining some wisdom here, all right, in order to not get stuck, to get and see breakthrough more often in our lives. And so I want to pick those things apart, give you a couple things to, to write down and think about today in regards to those three verses. But before I do that, I want to pray. So if you would pray with me, and I'll give you those things. So let's pray. So God, we uh, are just grateful um, to be together this morning, uh, to be able to worship you. And uh, now as we turn our attention to uh, this incredible book that is, uh, God, the scriptures tells us that is living and active. Uh, God, this is not just words on a page, but it is the living, breathing word of you, God, that we pray that as we look into this today, that ultimately that you would teach us, shape us, mold us, change us, transform us. That's what we're seeking today. We don't want to just say, hey, we did church, check, we got it. But we want to have an encounter with you, a holy God. So come and encounter us, teach us, and, and, and show us something. If I stand up here and just talk for a while, I think it'll be pretty useless. So, But if you come on and you do something, man, it'll be well worth our morning on this Sunday morning. So help us. Come and do something. Give this time to you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we have three points today. Here's your first one. Uh, it says, Paul's language here in chapter one suggests that we can experience breakthrough. And I'm going to dig in this dirt a little bit. Oh, man, this one's buried in there a little bit. Okay. Okay, we can experience breakthrough by taking prayer seriously. By taking prayer seriously. Um, I was actually look, studying this text this week, and I noticed as I was studying this text, the very first words in chapter 9 that we looked at, and this was not actually on my radar at all to teach on prayer today, but I couldn't ignore the fact that Paul started out saying, and this is my what? Prayer. And this is my prayer, right? And then he goes on that you would do this and those kind of things, but this is my prayer. And after starting with a few, if you read the, the beginning of chapter 1, he talks with a few pleasantries. There's a couple of, of welcomes and hellos and all the kind of stuff, and then he says, this is my Prayer. He highlights prayer to start. His prayer specifically for them, but prayer nonetheless. And it's super fast. And it was one of those things I almost like looked over and I almost didn't uh, do this particular point, but I felt like it was, I found it very uh, interesting and significant that he starts with prayer. Mind you again, remember that this is when Paul is in prison too. So he has a lot on his mind, right? Paul has a lot on his mind and yet prayer gets the priority. This is my prayer. Which made me ask the question this week. I was thinking, okay, if Paul's in prison, he's doing this kind of thing, and he writes, this is my prayer. My thought went to, what's mine? What's my prayer? What's our prayer? What's your prayer? Look, this is where I'm going to head with this point. You want to experience breakthrough in your life? we got to get serious about prayer. If you want to experience breakthrough in life, we have to get serious about prayer. You may have heard this before. There's actually a saying that, uh, I don't know who said this or whatever, but the, the, it, it goes like, uh, have you prayed about it as much as you've talked about it? You heard that before? Because, man, we like to talk, don't we? I mean, some of you know I like to talk, but we like to talk, right? And yet, so, so many of us even know the value of prayer, and yet we talk to human beings more than we talk to God about stuff. I don't know about you, but that's the way it happens in my life. I'm sure I'm the only one. I know we do that, right? We, we talk to human beings rather than talk to God. And, and so, um, so the question for us as we look into this first digging deep into this dirt is this prayer thing. Are, are, are we, are you digging in the dirt, going after it in prayer in your life? 
That's the question that we're going to talk about in this first point. Or are you, are, you, are you digging deep, like it took me a minute to kind of get in here, right? Are you digging deep in the dirt, or are you just uh, looking towards the quick fix? By the way, we love quick fixes in this life. Are you looking for the quick fix, the easy street, those kind of things? As I was thinking about this in particular about my own life this week, I, I know for me, I feel like I've just come to a new recent understanding of, of this whole prayer thing, like prayer over talking. Um, as some of you know, uh, this last year, uh, probably about since last summer, I would say I've been doing ministry now for about 15 years, and, and this last year has been the toughest year of ministry for me, personally. Um, and there's many reasons for that. Um, not having an associate pastor on staff yet, by the way, keep praying for us. Uh, we're doing some interviews and different things, those kind of things, and so we might have some news to share with that. We would covet your prayers greatly on that. Um, but so not having an associate pastor in place over the last couple of years, um, has played a factor. Uh, some other staff transitions, as many of you know, the economy got tough. And to be honest with you, there's been some tough conversations in which, hey, by the way, did you know that sometimes Christians can be very opinionated and mean? That's been my last year, by the way. And so there, uh, there have been many, many weeks over the last year, and I appreciate those of you that are praying and checking in on me because uh, that has sustained me beyond uh, God himself. Um, but there have been many weeks where I've been stressed, down, uh, and I would even say quite overwhelmed in the last year. And so then uh, a couple weeks ago, I was actually listening to uh, a pastor teach uh, from his church on a Sunday that I listen to too regularly. Again, I mentioned this before, but pastors also need to be pastored. So I often on Sunday afternoons, I will listen to a series of pastors that I like to listen to and, and try to feed my own soul, right, with some of that. And so he was, uh, he was talking about, he's doing a series on, the, uh, on Elisha right now in the Old Testament. And he was talking about when Elisha had went to Jericho. And, and, uh, and some of you know the story in Joshua chapter 6 when the walls of Jericho come falling down, right? Uh, and, and, uh, and so he's talking about when, when, uh, when Elisha goes, and, and this is after that, uh, and, and the water is uh, making people sick and the women can't get pregnant. And there's all these things going on and those kind of things. And he was talking about the fact that there are, are, there's only two reasons why the water would be that way. It's either contaminated or cursed. And so he went on to talk about the fact that, like, that, that, he, that he would believe that the, that the water was cursed because in Jericho, people were not doing what God wanted them to do. And so when the walls came down, there was also a curse that was put on the city of Jericho. And, I, and so that as he was talking, he said this, and it pierced me. He said, um, they've been a church for 11 years, planted the church like we did, those kind of things. So they're just a little bit ahead of us. And he said, I know over the years that there have been people who have prayed curses upon this church and upon me and upon our staff. And I have, had, as the lead pastor, have had to pray off those curses, off of you, off of me, and off this church. And I was like, it was like, it was like this, like, you know, like there's a spotlight, like this is the, God was like, Matt, pay attention. And can I tell you what's been happening over the last year in my life is that I've talked a lot. And now, by the way, I've tried to pray about it. I, I've been praying, but I haven't praying, been praying enough. And, and so when he talked about this curse, I was like, I wonder if the last year there's some curses upon our church. And so the next day, this was on Sunday, on the next day, on Monday, my day off, it's my Sabbath day. I don't come into the church. I, I avoid this place like the plague, right? I don't come in. I came in. You know what I did? I, I came and I walked around the building seven times. And again, going back to Joshua 6, right, in the walls of Jericho, the seventh time is when the walls came down. And now I wasn't praying that the walls of the church fall down. 
But can I tell you what I was praying? I was praying that the walls of any curses that may have been put on me, put on this building, put on this church family would fall. That they would fall down and the enemy, man, the enemy, can I tell you the enemy's crafty? But we have a God who's stronger. And so I walked around this building seven times and I was praying and, I, and I, was, I was reading out loud Psalm 91. If you don't know Psalm 91, make that your prayer. It's a prayer of strength and protection. And I was walking this building and I was, I was reading Psalm 91. I mean, the neighbors thought I was probably weird. But I was praying and then the last time I walked slower and I just fervently prayed. And then I came in this building and I, I opened up all the doors, turned all the lights on and I was screaming in this building. I was going after it in prayer. And I, and I was like, all right, Lord, I, I want, I want the, 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 the spirit of, of curses and, and, and unforgiveness to fall. And I want reconciliation to come in this church. I want reconciliation to rise up and, and for you to be this to be a place of peace and, and forgiveness and reconciliation. And it wouldn't just rise up in this church, but it would rise up into this neighborhood. And it would rise up into our community, into our state, into our country. Man, y'all know we need some reconciliation in this country. See, I think we've, actually it was funny enough, there's a guy in our church, uh, this isn't my notes, but there's a guy in the church texting me last night, and uh, I would say that he's pretty in tune with the Spirit of God. And he was telling me about that, that God has been highlighting the, the, the biblical precedent uh, that was not good, but biblical precedent of curses that's in the Bible. And I think he goes, I think that we've forgotten the fact that curses are real. And I said, funny enough, I'm actually teaching on that tomorrow. He goes, man, I don't know what it is, but the Lord kind of usually reveals to me something that's going to come up in the next week's couple weeks sermon. And so, folks, curses are real. And, and sometimes people will, will put curses on us intentionally. Sometimes they'll do it unintentionally. But we need to be, re- we need to be real to the fact and, and realize the fact that we might need to be praying off some curses on our life. Some of you have curses from your parents. Some of you have curses from other friends. Some of you have curses from, from people who, who uh, put things on you, teachers or coaches or those kind of things. Curses are real. The enemy is real and we need to fight. And so as we, this is not, I'm totally way off my notes, by the way. Okay, but the, the reality is, is, is here, here's, the, here's the truth. And I told the staff the other day, when, when I feel like this has been a beacon, and the Lord has kind of highlighted this, and, I'm, and though I know that there's been some evil things going on, and there's just been some messy things, and life is going to be messy, I feel like there's things that's been revealed to me. And I said, here's two things that we need to do right now. Here's the posture we need to take. It's one, we need to fight. I'm not going to fight with you, because our, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against the, the evil forces in the heavenly realms. So we need to fight so we're going to fight as a staff. We're going to bond together, and we're going to fight together. And I said, then we need to worship God. We need to fight, and we just need to worship God. And I tell you what, can I, t- can I tell you something? There's been a new pep in my step. I've been, I've been feeling pretty good over the last week or so. Like, it's been incredible how much, like, I came in on Wednesday, started working on this teaching, and I've been more excited about working on this teaching than I've been on, working on a teaching in months. Something's changed in me. I dug deep in prayer, y'all. And because I dug deep in prayer, I have been transformed. That doesn't mean life is easy, right? There's still challenges and those kind of things. But the cool part is, is not only do I feel like that I've been changed, but, but can I tell you folks, I think God brought some serious blessing to me and to, to us as a church. I was, let me just read to you this. I, I wrote this stuff down. This last week, we had nine families come to our foster closet in one night this last week. Last Sunday, we had 351 people at church, which is our first non-holiday special event Sunday that we've hit over 350 people since COVID. 
people are being impacted here. Recently, we had a relationship among our church family restored, one that was so messy. Reconciliation is happening. We've seen uh, physical healings of our church family. We had $6,000 more than our budget come in last week in tithes and offerings, and then you all blew us away by having almost $7,000 come in for our student mission trip. As I was processing, I was sitting in my office and I was processing all the stuff, and I was thinking, Lord, did you do all this stuff this week because I got deep in prayer? By the way, the Lord will let us live in curses if we choose to. We don't have to live in that, by, by the way, Right? He's wanted to be invited into some of this stuff. Are you catching what I'm talking about this morning? Give me a head nod if you're tracking with me, okay? This prayer stuff matters. I wrote in my notes, uh, it's like the cord thing. I got a little twisted up in prayer and boom, things came loose, baby. Come on, somebody. Come on, right? This matters. You want to experience breakthrough in your life? Some of you, you're, you need breakthrough in your life. How seriously are you taking prayer? Have some of you, some of you need to walk around your house seven times and pray. I know I'm yelling at y'all this morning. I'm sorry. Some of you need to walk around your house and pray. You need to go to your workplace and you need to walk around and read Psalm 91 around your work. By the way, that may be the only God at your work or your school or the track. James 5 13 and 16. Man, I'm getting sweaty up here. I didn't expect to be preaching this like this today. All right. All right. James 5 says this. Says anyone, this is a good text on prayer. If, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person. That's a good, good, faithful, awesome uh, word of God right there. Prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human, even as we are, and prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Prayer, folks, is a big deal for breakthrough. It is a big deal for breakthrough. Kind of an efficacy, honestly, sort of a must. I mean, I, I'm not sure if you caught it there, but the last part of there is uh, about Elijah was pre- referring to 1 Kings 17 and 18. You can look up these scriptures on your own time. But um, who, after praying for a drought three and a half years earlier, which, by the way, happened because he prayed, prays again for rain, and it begins to pour. Read it on your own time this week. Can I tell you, like, if you, if you look into the life of Elijah, Elijah took prayer seriously. And it's how he saw breakthrough. It's what prayer can do. Prayer can bring breakthrough. We see others walk through this this out too. For example, guys like Daniel. Daniel chapter six, verse 10 says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, this was a decree from Darius, he was the king, that basically he was like, hey, nobody can worship anybody but me uh, or pray to me for the next 30 days. And, and, And Daniel, knowing that this decree had been published, it goes on and says that he went up to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem and three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. By the way, this got him thrown into the lion's den. He too took prayer 
Seriously, he dug deep into it. Jesus did this, right? Luke 2, uh, 6, 12 says, one of, these, one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and look at this, spent the whole night praying. When was the last time you spent the whole night praying for your breakthrough? When was the last time on your day off you came to your place of work, what I did, and spent time praying? You want breakthrough? What are you, where are you praying? How hard are you praying? You see, there's something to taking prayer seriously. And can I say, going beyond simple dinner prayers, by the way, dinner prayers are fine, but we gotta go deeper than dinner prayers. And so it leads me to this question for us today. This is, what should I be tenaciously praying about? And, and if you would, I would, like, some of you already know. Some of you already know what you should be tenaciously praying about. And maybe you're, maybe you're going after it. Maybe you are praying some, but like, what about praying the whole night? What about praying, like if you've never taken a God day, again, I'm way off my notes. I'm gonna go long today. I'm just sorry. All right, I'm not sorry. All right. Um, but if you've never taken a God day where you set aside four to six hours and met with God, you should go do that. You should go and spend time and pray for six hours. I've done it. It's incredible. I haven't done it enough for lately. You should pray. To see breakthrough, they gotta use this mechanism to get there, to to. And we got to pray. Again, something I think that I feel like I'm, and again, like, this is your pastor, by the way, I know about prayer. I feel like I've just rediscovered this in my own life with this curse thing. So Paul's language here in Philippians chapter one suggests that this point one, experiencing breakthrough can happen by taking prayer seriously. Point two, okay, I was like, did I get the right one? Okay. Let me, let me dig in here, get this out. Oh man, this one's deep in here too. Whoa, okay, uh, okay. Okay. Paul tells us, gives a suggestion that we can experience breakthrough by loving well, by loving well. Um, as we continue reading in uh, verse 9. And it's kind of cool that I, this whole message is basically verse 9, okay? And so verse 9, it goes on and says, and this is my prayer, this is what it is, that your, and here it is, love may abound more and more. What might abound? Love. love. That love would abound more and more. The truth is, folks, love brings breakthrough. Love brings breakthrough. It does. I looked up that word love there in verse 9. It's in the Greek, and you probably heard this before, but it's the word agape which means affection, goodwill, love, benevolence, brotherly love. And this last one I really like, love feasts. I like that one. Paul is saying here that, that what his prayer is for is that love, the ability to have brotherly love for each other, to live in love feasts, that that will abound. Which, by the way, when you look up the word abound in the Greek as well, is this word. And it means a thing which comes in abundance. Or overflows onto one. Something falls to the lot of one in large measure. Be at hand in abundance. So, so Paul is saying that love will be all over the place. And he even adds this word, these words, more and more. So he's saying, hey, even if you're good at this and you're doing really good at love, ooh, we want, make it be more. Look, if we want to experience breakthrough, we ought to consider how well we love others. 
as lovers often can experience more breakthrough because, and I want you to write this down, because here's what happens with lovers, people that love well. Go ahead and bring that up. Those that love well often get loved well. And some of you know this is true, right? I mean, think about people you know that, that just love people well, and it's like there's something in their DNA. It's who they are, right? These people will do anything for others, and in turn, it seems like the odds are always in their favor. And so I was thinking about in my own life, uh, don't bring their picture up here, I'll tell you when, but I actually thought of a couple in our church that like exemplifies this, and some of you know them, and so as soon as you see their picture, you go, yep, it's these people. I love the mmm. Some of you don't know them. This is Jack and Betsy Schoenthaler. And uh, Jack and Betsy uh, have been here since the very beginning when we launched this church. They've been with me since I was at Grape Road Campus as well. And uh, these are people who love well. And so when I think about Jack and Betsy, there are two conversations that I frequently have with Jack and Betsy. The first one is, is where they went to help somebody because they just help people all the time. But can I also tell you that the other thing that I hear from Jack and Betsy all the time is that what breakthroughs they're seeing in their life. It happens all the time. It's like a constant conversation with Jack and Betsy. Hey, went and helped this person. I did this, I helped here. And hey, bud, can I tell you what God just did? I mean, talk to Betsy for five minutes and you'll, she'll tell you about God and what the breakthroughs she's been going through. See, they love well, so they get loved well. And so often what, they see things break loose in their life where there are hangups. Can I tell you, that sounds like a pretty good way to live. When you get to love people, and then you get to see breakthrough in your life. That's a really good place to live. And then I was thinking about not just you know, physical people on this planet, but I was thinking about in the Bible. I mean, think about uh, even biblically with people like Joseph in the book of Genesis, who despite being sold by, into slavery by his brothers, rises to power in Egypt. Read this on your own time this week, find it. He saves his family from family, famine, and Joseph's calm and gracious response to his brother's betrayal for uh, selling him into slavery being loving, essentially, because he's very loving in that story, introduces the pattern of forgiveness and redemption that characterizes the survival of the Israelite people throughout the entire Old Testament. Now remember, this is in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. Joseph does that by showing love. Or what about, I was thinking about David in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, uh, and uh, he's trying to take, uh, claim his throne, and it's being threatened by Saul and later by his, uh, his, son, his own son, Absalom. And look, David did a lot of things to maintain his power, but many, uh, many of those things uh, we're not going to talk about. But one thing that is absolutely certain is that he was forgiving towards his enemies. He loved. King David loved. There's, there's something to this. Now, I want to caveat. I'm not saying that we have to agree with everyone and we just have to take whatever people think or believe. I mean, I'll just tell you some of the stuff that's out there today is wacky. It's all kinds of wacky, right? Not biblical. So we're not, I'm not saying that we have to like embrace everything that everybody thinks and feels and all that kind of stuff. But I do think that, that, that um, we can disagree and still love. You know, for the last few years, I've mentioned this several times that, that we're living in, some people have uh, uh, labeled this season we're in in life, the age of outrage. Well, it's the label that our culture is wearing and carrying, and many are just doing the exact opposite of love, and they're venting, and they're spewing so much negativity all over the place. And I had this thought this week, instead of, what if we could transition, and it would no longer be the age of outrage, but it would be the age of outrageous love. 
I think, I think, by the way, Christians in the room, if you're a follower of Jesus, by the, this is our call. This is our call, and, and this is why it's our call. Look at a couple of scriptures. First Peter 4, 8 says, above all, that's an important, it's two words there, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And so it does something, it covers up messes, and thus we see breakthrough. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, be part of an age of outrageous love. And then finally, John 13, 35, by this, this is what I was really thinking about. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you love. There's something to this because when we love well, again, we get loved well and, and things will change in our lives. Now, I will say that I, I don't think that this is easy because how many of you know there's some people that are hard to love? Some of you are already thinking those people in your mind. There are some people that are hard to love. I know it's really hard. I'm a people person, and I love people, but there are some people that have been really hard for me to love over the course of my life. But the reality is, so I'm not saying this is easy, but we're going to have to push back against our human uh, uh, nature, our nature just to, to, to be self-absorbed and those kind of things if we want to be able to be in a place where we can live a life that God wants for us and get and stay unstuck. We've got to love well. And so uh, some of you might know, uh, th there's a song that came out years ago by the Black Eyed Peas called, Where is the Love? I almost played it for you, but I didn't want to do that because the video is not great. So anyway, so, but I, I was thinking about where, like that song, like, where is the love? And I thought, really, that's a good question. Where is the love in 2023? Are we wrapped up in pointing fingers? Which, by the way, has gotten way too easy these days succumbing to the age of outrage in all its fury. Man, can I say that we know how to throw shade on each other? Some of you older folks have no idea what I just said. <laughs> but we know how to do that. Point fingers rather than picking peace and figuring out where and how we can love. And often we'd rather tear each other down and, oh, by the way, not look at ourselves. By the way, can I tell you that I think a lot of our problems are actually here, not there? We'd rather throw somebody else uh, under the bus, blame them. So many are focused today on speaking quote-unquote truth but forgetting about love, and it's for sure, can I tell you, it's for sure not representing Jesus Christ. And you're like, well, it's their problem. What if it's yours? And church, I tell you that lovingly, by the way, because there's some things on social media that I see that I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? We are doing the opposite of loving. If, if they will know that we are God's disciples by our love and we're doing that on social media, you freaking kidding me? I said freaking in church, is that okay? Look, Paul's language in Philippians suggests that we can experience breakthrough if we love well. And so we need to consider how well we are loving and what, what we're doing to perpetuate that or perpetuate negativity. And I think we probably need some changes, probably all of us on some level in the midst of that. And then the last one here, grab, dig through. Ah, this one was a little easier. Okay. Let's see if that'll work. Paul, uh, Paul's language uh, suggests that experience, we can experience breakthrough by studying a lot, by studying a lot. As we finish up verse 9 of the text, it says uh, in verse 9 again, it says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in, and then here it is, knowledge and depth of insight. Uh, and this is kind of where I got the whole idea for this, this message and this dirt thing and all that kind of stuff, is that truly digging deep in the dirt, gaining knowledge, depth, and insight. And I think Paul is suggesting here of spiritual things and how we conduct our lives in a way that honors God. 
meaning we have to be in the Bible to be of the Bible. We have to be in the Bible to be of the Bible. We, uh, we have to, in a sense, eat, sleep, drink the Bible, study a lot. Rather than getting our knowledge, by the way, from social media or TikTok theologians, by the way, there's some wacky stuff on TikTok right now. And even some of the things I've seen, they'll take a part of a verse and then prove their point because they actually don't know the context of the verse. But it sounds really good. And so we, like, there's so much skewed stuff out there, those kind of things. So we need to be students of the Bible, not getting our uh, spiritual depth from uh, social media. We need the source, the Bible, which I know I've talked about this a lot over the last couple of years, but I also know the fact that, um, that so many people don't read the Bible. It says in first, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture says is useful for training in righteousness so that you and I can be equipped in this life, see breakthrough after breakthrough. There's wisdom within the book. We need this book. And yet, so many people don't read it, right? I think often for, for the average American, uh, coming to church is the only time they're actually getting scripture. Or maybe, maybe they might have like a, a, a verse of the day that'll pop up, but that is the limitation of scripture. And folks, we need to be studying way deeper than that. I heard it said before, like, if, if you literally walked out of here today and you had one meal to eat, right, because I'm going to give you a spiritual meal today, right? If this is the only meal you're going to eat, you're going to be pretty hungry all week, right? We need to be students of the Bible, uh, really digging in. If there's any hope for us to get unstuck, we got to get, get in the Word, get back to the Word, be in the Word of God. And look, I know, I know that the, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that, like, I'm a, again, I'm a pastor, and yet the Bible confuses me. Okay? It's kind of confusing sometimes. So if you need to, get some resources. Like try a study Bible. Like study Bibles are really great. There, there's a lot of great context in there, different things. I've been in many Bible studies before with, in groups and things like that. And then like, hey, what does this really mean? And somebody say, well, hey, my study Bible says this. It can be really helpful. Find a study Bible. You can also, I'm actually going to start, uh, you can go search the Bible Project on YouTube. By the way, if you've not stumbled upon the Bible Project, it is incredible. It is incredible. Like, the, like in nine minutes, they'll explain literally every book of the Bible and the context and give you the flow of it and everything. It makes so much sense. And then there's actually a bunch of other resources to kind of dive into things deeper as well. And then something that I'm going to be starting re, uh, here in a couple weeks is the Bible recap. Uh, my wife actually just went through this. There's actually a booklet. Uh, I know Kim uh, in the back has actually started too. Actually, Kim texted me probably a month ago and was like, Matt, I'm so excited. This is like the most uh, like fervent I've been about reading, getting excited about scripture and I'm understanding all this kind of stuff because of the Bible recap. And it's, uh, there's a booklet in the midst of it and there's a podcast that goes with it. It explains the context, all that kind of stuff. The Bible, there are resources out there, folks. We have, we have in the information age, like it used to be, right? Like priests or pastors would have to give you all the resources, but it is out there. And these are three great ways that you can learn and study the Bible deeper and understand the context of what's going on to become a student. And by the way, I would say to you this as well. If, if you're at a place where you go, yeah, I'm not really reading the Bible, you can start with some of those things. But I would also encourage you to get into a small group or start one if there's not one that will fit your schedule. I'm in two small groups right now, and I love it. Like, um, my friend Logan over here, uh, he's like a f freaking whiz at the biblical knowledge. 
So if you have any questions, just go ask Logan. No, uh, he's actually a Notre Dame doctoral student, so he's got like a lot going on right now. But like we're in, they're in our small group, and and I like there are people like, hey, we don't really know about this, and so like uh, Logan's been able to give us deeper information on some stuff and whatever. Like it's been really good. And like then there's other times and he was like, sorry, I just ruined some thoughts and whatever. Like it's just like there's been all these, but like it's just been really really good because we're diving into the Bible, trying to understand it. We're in the Book of John. And we're di- diving deeper into the book of John. I've been in a men's study, and we're going through Jeremiah right now. And Jeremiah is a tough book to get through because it's like uh, God's not really happy in the book of Jeremiah, right? So get into, a, uh, get into a, a group and a Bible study. Get into five. I'm going to get ready to close. Um, you probably heard this saying uh, before that leaders are learners. You ever heard that before? Leaders are learners. Um, if the, the actual quote goes, leaders are learners, that if you stop learning, you stop leading, which I think is really true. Essentially, you get stuck, right? And so I think the same is true if, 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 when it comes to studying the Bible. If we refuse to or stop studying spiritual things, the source itself, the Bible, in turn, folks, we're going to stop learning, and we will, get, we will stop progressing in our life, and we will get stuck. And it may not by the world standards feel that way because, oh, well, I've got enough money in the bank, and I can get the, but we're going to be stuck. I was actually thinking this week of when the Bible was uh, more valued. You can start playing whenever you're ready. Um, I was thinking about, uh, if, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but my family and I, during our Monday devotional time, we're actually going through the episodes of The Chosen. By the way, if you have not seen The Chosen, put it on your list. I'm finding these episodes, like, you know, sometimes like when people do Christian things, it can be really corny and weird. This is not that at all. This is about how Jesus chose the disciples and went through. Man, it is incredible. And over the last few weeks, uh, we've been watching a couple of the episodes. And uh, Matthew and Rhema, uh, they, because of their life circumstances and different things going on in life, they didn't really actually know uh, the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, um, and Numbers. And so because they didn't know that, they, whatever, they've, they've, they, they feel like left behind in with some of the other disciples that Jesus has following him. And so they, it becomes a high value for them to learn the Torah. And they, they try, to, try to understand more of God, more about God, more what God desires of them. Um, and and I wanna, it's super cool because they're, they're really digging in and studying this. It's become one of the highest values to them besides just walking with Jesus is to know the Torah. And folks, we have the entire Old Testament and New Testament. Can I say that we, the Bible should be of high value to us. If we, we need to become more of a student of the Bible, really digging in if there's any hope for us to live the life that God desires for us, the one that we desire. The question is, how much of a student are you? Because I, I just know statistics, and those I don't have those up here for you today, but man, the average person doesn't actually read the Bible. So how much of a student are you? And, and I know some of you here, you're probably doing great. By the way, I would say, keep it up. Dig a little deeper. Like, I'm, I'm really, I've, I've been one of those guys, I've been reading the Bible, like, chapter by chapter for years and years and years and years. But Leah has been just really talking about this Bible recap thing and how much it's really, like, ignited things. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited to dive in. Kim, like, I'm excited to dive into this and see what new, fresh things I can learn from the Scriptures. 
And so if you're doing great, keep it up. But some of you, maybe you need to start. You need to do something today, tomorrow, this week. You need to start becoming a student of the Bible. Pick up those resources. Go out to the, and buy that stuff. Go on Amazon. Get all that stuff. We need to get engulfed in the Bible. To, uh, you, you probably heard uh, the saying in the past, garbage in, garbage out. You heard that? Like if we put garbage into our life, then we're probably going to get garbage out of our life. But if we put the word of God in our life, can I tell you we're going to get godly things out of our life? Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. But the Bible matters. And so that's our last point. Paul's language to Philippians suggests that we can experience breakthrough through studying a lot. So jump in study. Not just a day or two. Make it a lifestyle. Get into the word of God. I tell you, and by the way, if you do, I'm telling you, you're going to start seeing breakthroughs. Not every day, but you'll start seeing more breakthroughs because the Word of God does those kinds of things to us. I know I've covered a lot today, um, but I want to end today by reading uh, the last two verses of the text we read, verses 10 and 11, which kind of gives us um, the result of doing what we talked about today. It says this in Philippians 1, 10 and 11. It says, So do all that we talked about today so that you may be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Talk about breakthrough. We'll be able to, uh, right, we do these three things, uh, take prayer seriously, love well, study a lot. Then we'll be able to discern what's best, be pure and blameless, get filled with the fruit of good things, of righteousness. Breakthrough will come in our lives. Whatever was stuck or we're stuck in could be gone. Reason enough to me to try and walk this stuff out, you know? And so with that, why don't you stand? And we're going to move into a time of prayer today. Well, we pray that you enjoyed the message today. We pray that it was challenging and that the Spirit has stirred something new in you today. Have a blessed week.